really, I was destined to it, to find mm -hmm. out in hindsight. Um, yep. But I started in, in Western nursing um, later in life. I didn't go to nursing school until I was 28 years old. And pretty mm -hmm. much right after I started nursing school, I started having back pain and back problems and sciatica. Oh, yeah. And that would lead to three back surgeries, um, which I think is, I think I came to know you maybe after the third or between the second and the third, I don't know. Uh, and at one point I was in a wheelchair and the doctors told me that I won't walk again. I lost all the reflexes in my left leg down. So somewhere along in that journey, I started to wake up to who I really was and what was going on in the body and what is this body and what's it doing and why am I having all of these experiences and symptoms and problems and that really started the opening in the path into the holistics because western medicine did not have answers for me mm -hmm. it just didn't have answers and there was something inside that didn't didn't make sense that didn't resonate right like it just there was that little, you know, people talk about that spark or that intuitive hit or something. And um, I had been a competitive figure skater. So the idea of this is how it's going to be and you're not going to walk and you're going to be in a wheelchair. Not did acceptable. Not, did not appeal to me mm -hmm. at all. Not acceptable. Um, yeah. So it took me 10 years to get out of that pain. Wow. It took me 10 years. I, I was diagnosed with fibromyalgia and I had the three back surgeries. And, um, you know, the second one was good, right? Because I could walk again, but I was still living in daily chronic pain. Mm -hmm. And I took a bucket of pills. They had me on. I mean, you know, we, you and I, like you said, we've had, had small conversations about this and it just didn't resonate with me. Having been a nurse, right? That was my gift and my godsend was... I knew that if I kept taking all of these medications, I'd have no kidney, no liver, no stomach, nothing. And I was 30 yeah. years old at the time. So I was like, mm. no, that's not really what I want for myself either. Yeah. So I started exploring. And after that, the path really revealed itself like one step at a time. Right after my second surgery, my dad had emergency bypass surgery. Mm. And so he needed to get rid of his stress and I wanted to get more flexibility, start getting my body flexible and moving again. So we went, we took a yoga class. You and your father? Yeah. No, it's fantastic. Yeah, he was 70 years old. We went to Himalayan Institute. <laughs> That's great. And, and he started That's practicing great. yoga and that led me to Kripalu Institute, uh, Kripalu okay. Center mm -hmm. in Lenox, Massachusetts. And I was there for a weekend to just check it out. And mind you, this was pre-internet. Sure. So there was not a lot of things that you could go and look and research or whatever. And I went there and I knew nothing about energy medicine. I knew nothing about energy healing. That was foreign to me. It's not like it is today at all. And I had a, a body wave work, some kind of session that they offered that was, was energy healing. And it rocked my world. I, I had no idea what had just happened to me, but I felt completely different. It was the first time in probably seven years. I had no pain wow. for three days and I didn't take any medications. 
that'll wake you up. That'll make you wonder, doesn't it? Yeah. Like how, how did you get into that body through the mind, through a calmness, uh, a, a change in, in the way you thought, uh, getting the static out of your life in a sense, getting, taking that constant stimuli and putting some focus in a different area and somehow the body just changed itself. Yeah. That, that to me is one of the most fascinating things about mind-body medicine is that you, when you start to see, and then you start to put the pathway together. I'm not happy until I know how something works. I come from a very mechanical background. And when someone first described to me how much the body prepares itself for whatever the mind tells it, the environment is signaling. So if the environment is signaling danger, we get into the danger physiology. And if we constantly feel in danger, we're constantly in the danger physiology and we break down from that. We, it's hard to heal when you're in the performance breakdown mode. You have to get into that other mode, right? And that's obviously what, what happened with you. Yeah. Um, you know, at the time, I just knew that something really profound had happened mm -hmm. and I had to know what it was. Like what just happened to me and why after all this time taking these medications, like I was taking 10, 15 milligrams of Valium. I was taking Elevel. I was taking, you know, 800 milligrams of Motrin. I was taking 10, 500 Vicodin. I mean, it was a walking pharmacy and all of a sudden something had happened. Like a switch had been flipped. Yeah. And, One of the first things. That? One of the first things I thought it was interesting when we studied pharmacology is that if we don't have a receptor for it, it can't work on us. So in other words, a drug put in our body has a receptor. So if you have a receptor, you probably can create that chemistry yourself would, would be the, the logical explanation or the logical belief from that point. So how do we get our minds to create the chemistry that would put us in the healing state, whether that be to decrease pain or to turn on healing? I think that's at the crux of what mind-body medicine is. And, you know, when, when we say mind-body medicine, I know Deepak Chopra gets into the body-mind or the mind-body. He doesn't like to separate them. He puts the two words as one word. I don't separate them either. Yeah. I think we separated them a while ago, and we got to bring it back. Yeah. Um, You know, how I, how I learned to bridge these two worlds, right? Western medicine, I'm a nurse. And then, you know, really, how far out do you want to go? But my roots are, are, and I think we've had this conversation. My father's cousin was a chiropractor in Western yeah. New York in the early 1900s, right? So mm -hmm. it's, it's in my blood, it's in my genes to be mm -hmm. in this holistic place. So how, do, how could I bridge that and, and rectify, you know, what I was experiencing and what I was taught and all of these pieces was it's all energy. The mind isn't one energy and the body another energy. Like we're all in one container. Yes. It's, it's one continuous. And so you just have to determine how you're going to move and manage that energy in the container. Yeah. Well put. We have well the put. ability to choose, and it, it is fully a choice, I believe, on what's going to stay in this container and what's going to leave the container. I heard someone say one time that the different one of the things that separates us 
to some degree from animals is we have the ability to choose our own thoughts. And uh, I know like in meditation, that is what I do. I choose to think of other things besides the here and the now. And uh, expand on that for me. When you, when you, when you think about how uh, as developed beings, we have such a, a forebrain that is uh, in, one, in one sense, making us kind of crazy, right? Making us uh, have to deal with emotions at a higher level and uh, have this consciousness and at another level, um, that same consciousness can be what we use to heal ourselves. So talk to me about when you, when you meditate, when you get into those healing states, what are you focusing on? What are you trying to do? I, I, I've used the term equanimity to become equal to everything around me, to be, to be the same size as everything. Um, so nothing seems bigger or smaller or better or worse that we're in a sense equal in that sense. And with that equanimity, there's peace instead of conflict. Yeah, that's interesting. I have a totally different process. Oh, good. <laughs> a totally good. different process. I like different ones. Let's mix well, it up. You know, uh, and one piece we skipped over was in, in the process of me getting into healing was that I was led to becoming a clinical Ayurvedic practitioner. Right. And, and the Ayurvedic piece is all about the elements that are in everything, right? Like the mm -hmm. earth, the wind, the fire, the air, the water, all of those pieces. And, and they make up everything and they make up our body. The mind has this tendency to run away and be used in a way of just being in constant fear. Ayurveda says all illness is a failure of intellect. Wow. So that's using our brain in a way that doesn't actually serve us. And that's also another way that we get to choose. We get to choose what we want to think about. But what we're usually doing is using our brain to either regret something from the past or worry about something from the future. Absolutely. It hasn't even happened yet. Mm -hmm. So my process in, in, I don't even like to use the word meditation. Mm -hmm. I teach my clients and I teach people stillness. Okay. And there's a difference. In the beginning, yes. My one of my teachers at Kropali, we used to call him Mr. Valium because his voice was so soothing. It was just, you know, it would relax you. And we become what we practice. It's one of my favorite lines. So in the beginning, when we're not used to being still, the ego mind wants to the conscious negative ego brain wants to find something to be critical about and be hyper about and be vigilant about but in that place of stillness all i do is i come you know i i have a meditation room and i come in every single morning and my only path my only purpose is i as i follow and watch my breath because we can't shut our brain off, but we can give it something different to focus on. And so yeah. in the beginning, people will listen to a meditation because it helps give them a point of focus. And they have to listen to the music or they have to listen to the voice or they're focusing on the visualization going down the river or the light or the sun or the ocean or whatever. But when you use the breath, mm -hmm. 
in the rise and the fall of your chest, in your heart center, you're actually tuning in and tapping into your life force. You're, you're tapping into the energy that is your energy, that is your inner healer, your inner wisdom, where you get your answers versus from something else outside of you. Right. The, 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 the issue I see a lot of times is people searching for uh, the answers to their issues outside of themselves, right? Change the world instead of yep. change yourself. And I think the first thing, the first step would be to change yourself and then follow into the world and make the changes according to who you really have become. As you become something greater, you attract different people and you attract and you, you have different conversations and your focus changes. And pretty soon you're bringing up the the spirit and the energy of people that are harmonizing with you. And that becomes very powerful for everybody it becomes, you know, uh, encouraging for everybody.